well, should I say, we've had one week of looking at it, and the first one was love. There's no uh, limit to the amount of the love of God that we can know. Isn't that encouraging? Yeah? Anybody? Is that encouraging? Yes, it's encouraging that, you know what, no matter how much of the love of God we can have, we can always know more. We can always even show more of the love of God to those around us too. And today we're looking at the next one, which is joy. We're going to look at joy this morning. Are you excited by this one? Joy, the joy, the joy of God. We're supposed to be filled with joy. Do you realize that? Yeah. Do you know what? There's 155 references to joy in the Old Testament alone. And in the New Testament, there's 63. So with well over 200 references to joy, and even one was read this morning. Thank you, Hazel. One was read. And that, you know what? Joy, it's supposed to be something important, isn't it? Because if you're walking around with a face like a wet week, it's not exactly going to excite people, is it? If you're standing in church and it doesn't look like you're happy to be there, it doesn't reflect well, does it? If you talk about God and a smile doesn't come on your face, it makes you go, well, are they happy about that? Like I had a friend um, whenever um, I used to live with this guy and, um, you know, he'd get up to, you know, and say sometimes, guys, I'm so excited. But his face was, was just depressed. But he was like, guys, I'm so excited. And you're like, well, maybe you should let your face know. You know, because nobody could tell by looking at him that he was excited. Nobody could tell him that he was, that he was joyful. Nobody could tell he was, he was in a good place in a good way. You see, sometimes we don't realize how important joy can be. Now, I want to start by saying and making a definition that joy does not mean happiness. There's a big difference between joy and happiness. Just because you're joyful does not mean that you're happy. Because happiness comes about the circumstances. Joy comes from within, comes from the spirit. You see, we won't always be happy in life with the stuff that we've got to go through, but you know what? We can still be joyful and praise God in the midst of it and as we go through it, as we're looking at the storms. So let's read a few passages and see what the Bible's got to say about joy. So in 1 Peter 1, verses 8 and 9, it says, Lo, you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. See, here we can see that we're supposed to be filled with joy because of the salvation that we receive. See, because of the thing that's been given to us, this new life that God gives us, because whenever we come to God, and it talks about it in John 3, that we're born again into a new life, so we're born into the family of God in our spirit. And whenever we're born into the family of God, we take on the family values. And the family values are that of joy because we're filled with an inexpressible and a glorious joy. So there's something that you whelm up from within you going, you know what, I have something to believe in now. I have something that, you know what, no matter what comes my way, I'm more than a conqueror. You can look at all the promises of God and you can go, yes and amen. Yes, I claim all them promises and amen, I'm going to see it be. Let it be, God, let it be. Why? Because we're receiving the end result of our faith. 
And the end result of our faith is ultimately the salvation of our souls. So as we put our faith and trust in God, we should just be overwhelmed from within with the peace and the love and the joy of God. And we should be so thankful to God for receiving that. Romans 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy, not just a bit, all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, are we filled with this joy? Are you filled to overflowing with this joy so it flows out of you? Do you really trust and hope in the Lord? Do you really trust and hope in God? Does it really grasp you? Does it make you go, wow, God, even though the circumstances are bad, even though I look around and the outlook looks bleak, you know what? I'm filled with hope. I'm filled with hope. I'm going, God, if only, if only. And you're filled with dreams and visions about what God can do, both through you and through the church and through um, the people of God in this area. Are you filled with that hope this morning? Are you filled with that anticipation that, God, if only you move, if you move, we will are you letting it bubble up from within you? How much do we really hope and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit? The power of God to move, the power of God to heal, the power of God to do miracles, the power of God to do signs and wonders, the power of God to give wisdom and knowledge. Are you overwhelmed this morning? Are you excited this morning to be filled with joy? Luke 15 verse 7 says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. You know what? Heaven's looking down going, if somebody believes in us, we're going to have a party. We're going we're to be excited about it. There's rejoicing in heaven every, every single salvation over every time somebody puts their faith and their trust in God and steps out in faith, you know what? There's rejoicing. Do you rejoice? The last time you heard about somebody being saved, did you rejoice? Did you let your heart be overwhelmed and go, yeah, they put their trust in God. They're now believing. I hope that you, I hope that you do. I hope that you actually look around and go, God, would you move? God, would you do? Look around with faith-filled eyes and actually start to get excited, start to be filled with joy because God is a God who wants to be active and wants to move. And God says he uses us as his vessels. So if we're not active and we're not moving and if we're not doing anything to bring God to the world, to bring joy to the world, we sing that at Christmas, don't we? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Do you go out with that same joy now? Because that's the same joy that came to the earth. The same joy is now in you. The same joy is what you carry. Or are you that concerned about everything else around you? Are you distracted by all the other stuff that you shouldn't be distracted with? Psalm 27 verse 6 says, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. See, I love the Psalms. I love the Psalms for simple, simple reason is this. It's that it's actually just telling the stories about where the people are at. It's actually saying from, instead of 
from heaven's point of view, it's from our struggles as we work through the feelings and the emotions of life. I love the Psalms because of that. Because how many times in life do you feel surrounded? How many times in life do you feel that stuff is just going to overwhelm you? But here the psalmist is saying, I don't care about what's going on around me. I've got my focus. He says, God is going to lift me up. He's going to lift my head above that of my enemies so that I can see over them and see beyond them. I'm not going to let the circumstances I'm in now dictate how I feel about life. And see, that's what we do as people. We automatically let every single little circumstance that comes our way, we let it dictate our feelings. And that's why we can't trust feelings. That's why you don't trust them wholeheartedly. Now, feelings do give good indicators towards things sometimes. But if you fully trust in feelings, you're going to be a roller coaster. Because every single little knock that you get is going to throw you. This is why we trust in the truth of God. We trust in the knowledge of who God is and the knowledge of who God made us to be. See, the psalmist says that God is going to lift them up. He's going to lift, be lifted up over the enemies that surround him. Are, do you need lifting this morning? Are you a bit overwhelmed by what surrounds you? Are you, you know, for instance, the coronavirus, are you really concerned about what's going to happen with it? A couple of months ago, you would never have heard of that. It would have been Brexit that would have concerned you. And actually, it was brilliant. Terry shared on Facebook, you know, I survived. And literally, over the last sort of 20 to 30 years, I've survived this, I've survived that. I've survived foot and mouth. I've survived, uh, you know, all these different diseases and all these different things that keep coming our way. See, are we that concerned about what, with what's around us that we're not looking to God? But what's, what was the psalmist's response here? You know what? I'm going to church. That was his response. He says, I'm going to go to the sacred place where I meet God. I'm going to go and meet with God today. And then whenever I meet with God, what am I going to do? I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise God. See, this is his vision, his focus, his, his thing wasn't on his circumstances. It was on God. And that's why he was filled with joy. Because he was on God. It wasn't on him. And that's why, you know, we started with praise as the highway to the heart of God. You know, it's to the throne of God, to the move of God. You know, we want to see God move. We want to see God exalted. But we're only going to do that and see that if our focus is right. And our focus needs to be in praising him. But why? Because he's worthy. Because he's actually worthy of all the praises we can ever give him. And I'm sure from the psalm that I read, you would have got a song that, um, uh, well, I used to sing ages ago. And I was, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in, his, in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. And sometimes you need to tell your soul to forget about what's around you and actually, you know, rejoice because he has made me glad. Why? Because he loved me, because he died for me, because he saved me. And just go, okay, it doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what sickness comes my way. It doesn't matter what pain I have to go through. It doesn't matter what mourning I have to face. It doesn't matter. Why? Because he has made me glad. Because I'm going to enter his courts. I'm going to choose to enter with thanksgiving. Isaiah 35, verse 10, it says, And those that the Lord has rescued will return, and they will enter 
Zion with singing, everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. There's another old, old hymn or song. Um, is Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come a singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. It's an old classic. It's an old, you know, but you know what? It's telling your soul what it needs to hear. The redeemed of the Lord will return. And you know what? So whenever we're redeemed, we come to Zion, we come to the house of God, we come to the place of God, and we actually enter in with everlasting joy. There's a difference with this joy. It's not a happiness. It's not a fleeting feeling. It's a deep joy that no matter what comes our way, we enter in. You know, it's an honor for us to be invited into this. And we can be overtaken by even joy and gladness. When's the last time you felt overtaken by the joy of God bubbling up from inside of you? I think we all need a bit more of that, don't we? We all need a bit more of the God's joy inside of us going, you know, he saved me. I wasn't worthy, but he saved me. I wasn't worth it, but he saved me. He thought it was worth it. He thought it was worthy. He thought it was... Psalm 30, verse 5, it says, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. See, God has chosen not to remember any of the mistakes and the sins that we've made, any of the stuff which has led us away from his will and his plan. And you see, God in his anger took all that punishment in that moment out in Jesus on the cross. That's what, he, that's what happened. And then now he allows his favor to rest on us for a lifetime. And now I wasn't planning for Kelvin to sing that song, but you know what, it was really good, you know, to, you know, to just inspiration did. Okay, the quality of the song might be good, but the words of the song were brilliant because it says, I'm trading my sorrow and I'm trading my shame. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm trading my sickness, I'm trading my pain, I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. And we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And then in the bridge bit, which didn't go well, um, was actually the best words. And it says, I am pressed, but not crushed. I'm persecuted, not abandoned. I'm struck down, but not destroyed. I am blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure, and his joy is going to be my strength. And low sorrow may last through the night. The joy comes in the morning. His joy comes in the morning. So if you feel like you're in the nighttime at the minute, if you feel like you're going through the darkness and it always gets darkest just before dawn, but you know what? It only lasts for the night. In the morning, whenever you get through this, whenever you get through to the dawn of a new day, of a new season in your life, you know what? God's going to get through He's going to take you through it. And his joy comes with that. Just like you hear the birds bursting into song first thing in the morning when the light starts to appear, you hear a joyful song start to stir. Listen for the stirring of God. Listen for it. You know, we all go through seasons, both as a church and as individuals, where sometimes we feel like we're in a dark place in the middle of the night. But don't stay there. Go through to the dawn. Go through the dawn of a new day. And see, that's a beautiful thing. 
And it's not the end when things go wrong. It's not the end when things happen. As I said, don't look at coronavirus as, oh, this is the end of all things. It's not, it's just the next thing. And then there'll be another thing in a couple of months' time. And then another thing and another thing. And it's, you know what it's like? It's a never-ending tirade of things. Why? Because if you look at the circumstances around you, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be depressed, either through sickness or through media spin or whatever it is. But you know what? We trade it all in and go, God, come and have your way. We trust in you. Trust in you alone. We say, God, we want to see your kingdom come. That's what we pray, isn't it? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want that. Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, I think we all need a bit of that kingdom. See, the kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of peace, and a kingdom of joy. I think we all need that kingdom, not a physical kingdom, None of that's physical. Actually, most of your Christian walk is never to do with the physical. It's to do with the spiritual. It's to do with where your heart is focused, where what's driving you, the driving force behind what you do instead of what you do. Why? Because we know that good works will never save us. There's no point in being good. Being good doesn't get you into heaven. Doing good things doesn't get you into heaven. The Bible very clearly says that. Why? Because Jesus said, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And it's only through our belief in him we enter into the heaven. Why? Because God's kingdom isn't the physical. So no matter how much you try, you won't have enough, you won't do enough. No, but whenever we are full of righteousness, whenever we're full of peace and joy, then we see God's kingdom come around us and in our lives. We get to serve him by blessing others with the gifts and with the abilities we have. We get to serve him out of that place of joy, not because of it. We don't get it because we've done it. We get it, and then we give out of it. There's no point in having a church full of people if none of them are righteous, if there's no peace, and if there's no joy in God and the Holy Spirit. Is there? You know, there'd be no point in having this building overflowing with people if none of them actually cared about God. We're actually, we need to, we need to refine our hearts and then with all, the fire of God inside of us, shining to others, that's what transforms. You see, sometimes we think of joy as, uh, oh, it's nice to be joyful at times. But you know what? Joy is supposed to be our lifeblood. It's supposed to be what gives us our life. You don't believe me? It's what, it's what Jesus gave his life for. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus had only one objective when he came to earth, and that was for the joy set before him. It was the driving force behind him coming, and it was the only place he was going. It was the joy that was set before him. And now what was this joy? You. You're that joy. 
Every one of us being able to be in relationship with God again, that was the joy. Him reuniting us with God um, and taking on the sins of the world so, he, so then we can be free from our sins to then actually approach God, be in God's presence and be in relationship again. That was the joy that was set before him. Through his own sacrifice, he did that. He endured the cross. He took the shame of a criminal's death. He took the shame of all the sin of the world. Also, we can actually be reunited with God. It was a brutal show of force that was meant to destroy a person in every single way, emotionally, physically. That's what the cross was. That was it. It was designed for. Some people even today call it the perfect way of killing someone. You know, historians would call it that. Romans had actually designed it as, as that because it just totally destroyed who they were. And Jesus went through that. Why? Also, you can know God, enter his presence, and not die. Also, you can be united with God. And that's why the joy of the Lord needs to be our strength, because that's the joy that we're meant to have. We're so, meant to be so overwhelmed with the grace and the mercy that God's shown us that we're so full of joy. You know what? We need to be forgiven. We need to re remember that we're always forgiven. And then we need to do one simple thing that it says in Philippians 4 verse 4, one simple command, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm sure you all know that chorus too. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Yeah. Okay. You don't know it, but it's a good old classic one, but it's brilliant. And that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to tell ourselves to rejoice. We're meant to be joyful. See, it's meant to be like a stream coming from within us. We celebrate how good God is, no matter what is happening around us. Why? Because our focus is on heavenly things, not earthly matters. So are we going to make the most of our life, or are we going to be burdened? Are you going to worry and be anxious, or are you going to pray? You see, John... 16 verse 24 says, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. It's very simple. You can be anxious and worry, which is you trying to do something about your own circumstance, which you know you'll never be able to change because worrying doesn't change anything. It's just a hole that you keep digging for yourself. Or you can pray. You can ask God and receive the joy of God. And it says, actually, your joy will be complete when you give it to God. So why do you take it back? Why do you give it to God sometimes and take it back and go, no, I'm still going to worry about it? Why do you even hold on to it and never even give it to God in prayer? Why don't you take it to God in prayer? Ask, receive, and then simply be joyful about it. Romans 12, 12, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. You see, we're meant to have joy in the hope of everything around us, everything that God's leading us to and through, and whatever's happening, whatever circumstances we're in, we're joyful in the hope that it's for God's plan and God's purposes and God's reasoning. Even if we can't see the road ahead, even if we don't know what it means, what the next steps are going to be, and even though we know we maybe even have painful steps to walk through, we're meant to be joyful in hope. We always hope that we can honor God with everything that we go through. 
with all of ourselves. And then we're patient in affliction. You know what? Things aren't going to go well. Sometimes things aren't going to be good. Sometimes you won't be able to see the light because of the darkness that surrounds you. But you're patient in the affliction. You're patient as you go through things. But you're always faithful in prayer. Just keep giving it to God and say, God, have your way. God, have your way. God, have your way. That's what you do. That's where the joy comes from. Just keep on giving it to God and watching God work it out in front of you. He says he knows the plans he has for us, doesn't he? Plans to give us a hope in the future. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. So will you trust him today? Will you trust him with all of it? And will you allow yourself to be filled with joy so the joy can flow through you and out of you and around you and then encourage those around you? Because joy is infectious. I'm sure we all know somebody who walks into a room and lights up the room when they walk in just because of their joyful personality. It is infectious. So will you let the light shine through you? Will you let it do? Will you let the sickness and shame and pain and all of that go away? Are you going to trade it all in for the joy of the Lord? Are you going to hold on to it for a little bit longer? I pray and hope that this morning as we looked at joy, that we'll actually just see it. See the joy of God and respond to it and just go, God, it doesn't matter. The disappointments that I faced, I give them to you. The pain, I give it to you. The sickness that I have, I give it to you. Even the shameful things that I've done or the shameful things that have been done to me or around me, I give them to you. And that's where God heals us. God takes us in that moment and he transforms us and then he gives us his joy. If you do want prayer for anything this morning, uh, if you want to trade any of this in, please don't be afraid to come and ask for prayer or ask anybody around you, just, would you pray for me? Would you pray that I, I'll be okay? Would you pray that things will go well? Would you pray that, um, that I can actually give all of this to God? I'm worried and anxious and I'm holding on to things. Okay, give it to God. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We used to sing that one too, didn't we? Yeah, have you trials and temptations? Is there worry anywhere? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. Give him your yes today and just watch him time and time again meet every need you have. So we're going to just finish with a song. And if you want prayer, you can come up um, and we can pray for you. That's no problem at all. I'm sure um, any of us <laughs> would be pleased to pray for all of us. But if, if you want prayer for anything, please don't leave here without. Give it all to God. Take it all to God in prayer. Allow God's joy to come into your life and fill your life and flow through your life. Let's just pray before we sing. God, thank you so much that we can be joyful. Thank you so much that we can see beyond the pain of the things around us, God. We can lift our heads up. We can look and focus on you and your kingdom coming and your will being done in our lives. So God, we pray that you just come and have your way. God, come and take all of the things that we're worried and anxious and fearful for, all of the sickness, all of the pain, all of the sorrows, Everything that we have which is surrounding us and holding on to us, God, we trade it all in, we give it all in, and God, we want you to give us your joy. We want us to be overflowing with joy. We want us to be filled not just with happiness, God, with joy, with no matter what happens around us, we can be filled and we can be overwhelmed and we can just be um, 
going from strength to strength in the joy of the Lord. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's where we get our strength to go through the trials of this life. Anything that comes against us will stumble and will fall because the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, we know life isn't going to be easy. We know life isn't going to be full of happiness, God, at all times. But God, we know it can be still be joyful. We know that through whatever has happened and whatever will happen, we can praise your name and lift you high. God, we're sorry when we've failed. We're sorry when we've took our eye off of you and onto the circumstances around us, like Peter in the boat. When he got out of the boat, he was walking on water, and then he took his eyes off of you, and he started to sink. But you reached out, and you lifted him up. And God, if we're, if we're being overwhelmed at the minute, we pray that you just reach out your hand and lift us up. May we not be overwhelmed by the things of this world, but may we just be overwhelmed by your joy. Thank you, God, for loving us. And thank you, God, that we can be joyful, whatever happens. In Jesus' name.